Good morning, good morning. Welcome to today's podcast. I pray that I find you in good spirits, happy, joyous, and free. If not, let's go ahead and fix it. Let's go ahead and start with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to today's Sunday Mass service. For those of us who are rough in the edges, a little jazz music in the background. But we're going to acknowledge our Lord Jesus Christ and light up that fire that's in our hearts that Jesus put. The Apostle John, the Baptist John, said that Jesus has come down here. He's going to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire, fire. And that's what happened to me. On my nine month of Alcoholic Anonymous, I received that fire. My, my good friend that I haven't seen in years, and I didn't see after that, and said that if I take on Jesus, I will be able to whip the devil alcohol. And I knew the devil alcohol. I knew the dark side. I knew what the strange powers that they have. And uh, cussing at them, belittling them, only strengthens them. What works is the blood of Jesus. What works is the communion of Jesus. So I made my choice. I said, what do I have to lose? And I said, yes, yes to Jesus. And I prayed a simple prayer. I said, Lord, I don't have it all together. I need you. I need your help. I'm sorry for my actions. I I repent of what I've done. And please forgive me. Come into my heart and... And fill me up, for I need I need restoration. I need help. I need to be restored, corrected, forgiven, and set right. And boom, little lightning happened. Nothing happened. All it was was a quality choice of opening up the doors of my heart and letting the Savior on the cross come in. It was, uh, I can tell that the Heavenly Father wanted me to accept something. Heavenly Father, God had been doing some things for me that was just remarkable the first nine months. And then everything kind of like stood still, very quiet. You know, as I was going through my days and going to the meetings, I'm thinking, God wants something from me. It's my turn. It's on my side of the court now. You know, He look at how many things He's done for us, you know taking care of our mothers, brothers and sisters, got his jobs, got to restore us. We always cried and whimpered to him when we needed something. Now, the creator of the earth, of the heavenlies, needs something. His love needs for us to say yes, to open our hearts to the cross. Yes, Lord, yes, yes, have your way. I give you my life, my will, and my ways, third step. That's the third step. Amen. So it worked. It happened. I got a great 
appetite for uh, for right living, right believing. The green got greener, the grass, the skies got bluer, the, blue, the white clouds, and I was drunk again, <laughs> with no DUI. I was intoxicated with life. Wonderful, wonderful words of life revolutionized my life, opened my heart and my mind. I have fired up about life and the program. I finally had a system that would put bread on the table and beans and steak and potatoes, and, and I wasn't guilty anymore. I was on the winning side. All this time, I've been barking up the wrong tree, you know, making headaches for people and society and everything. And I've been able to buckle my pants properly and, you know, the 12-step program and, and the Lord Jesus Christ taught me to pay my own way, seven traditions, pay my own way, be a man, Don't, no whimper, no more whimpering. I love you. God bless you. My little testimony here. Let's go ahead and take communion. Let's take the bread. Say, Jesus, you died on the cross for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we acknowledge you. Go ahead and put me on pause and go get your elements. Get a piece of bread and some juice. I'll wait. Lord Jesus, excuse me. Lord Jesus took the bread that evening before his crucifixion and said, This is my body broken up for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for going to the cross. Thank you, Lord, for crowning us with your loving kindness and your tender mercies. Thank you, Jesus Christ, as you died on the cross, Lord. You took all our sins, all our despair, our loneliness, all our fears, Lord. Fear of the future, fear of the past. Did you know that tattoos is a symbol of fear? You're trying to tell people, keep away. I'm, I'm, I'm not safe. Keep away. I don't know. I had a great desire to tattoo my left arm, and I put the face of a god there, and I almost it almost killed me by putting an idol there in my arm. It didn't ha- it didn't work. That's my experience. This works, folks. This revolutionized and changed my life. The cross, looking at Jesus on the cross, looking at Jesus bleeding on the cross, and 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 having a sorrow. And opening up my heart and say, yes, 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 Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that you gave up the ghosts for me, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that you were brutally murdered and whipped and 39 times, Lord Jesus. And they put that crown on your head, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for all those things that happened to you, Lord. And I thank you, Jesus Christ, for this bread. Let's go ahead and partake of the bread of life. And with that, Jesus took the cup and he said, this is my blood for the remission of sins, for the forgiveness of sins. We do this on a daily basis if we have to, to heal us, to establish us, to make us purposely right thinking for emotions. Lord Jesus, thank you that you spill your blood in my heart and my soul. Lord, and my prosperity and my happiness. Thank you, Jesus Christ. As you were raised from the dead, so was I. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. You made us sons 
and daughters of the Most High God, Lord. We're good to go to heaven, and we're good to go in good works here. So let us shine before men that you are our God, Lord. Thank you for giving us your blood. Let's go ahead and partake of the blood of Jesus Christ, please. Amen, amen. Today is Palm Sunday of the Lord's Passion. And this day we celebrate Christ's entrance in Jerusalem to accomplish <clears throat> the mystery of his death and resurrection. The memorial of this event is included in every mass service for the month till the Easter comes. Hosanna. Hosanna, the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. O King of Israel, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Let us pray. Almighty God, we pray you, we bless you and these branches and make them holy today. We joyfully acclaim Jesus, our Messiah and King. May we reach one day the happiness of the new and everlasting Jerusalem by faithfully following him who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray again. Lord, increase the faith of your people and listen to our prayers. <clears throat> Today we honor Christ, our triumphant King, by carrying the Lord Jesus in our hearts, by saying yes. May we honor you every day and rejoicing and counting our blessings, <clears throat> and living always for Jesus. For he is Lord of our lives forever and ever. Amen. He has proven it over and over again. The Lord be with you and also with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Chapter 21. When Jesus and the disciples drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent his disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find an, an coat tether with her mom. Untie them and bring them here. And if anyone should say anything to you, reply, The master has need of them. Then he will send them at once. This happened so that what had been spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Say to daughter Zion, Behold, your king comes to meek and riding on an ass and on a coat the foal of a beast of a burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had ordered them, and they brought the ass and the coat, and they laid their cloaks over them, and he sat upon them. The very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and stewed them on the road, the crowds <clears throat> preceding him. And those following him kept crying out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken and asked, Who is this? And the crowds reply, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go forth in peace, praising Jesus our Messiah. <clears throat> giving him thanksgiving. <clears throat>
for all things. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Let us pray. Six days before the solemn Passover, the Lord came to Jerusalem and children waving palm trees ran out to welcome him. They loudly praised the Lord. Blessed are you who have come to us so rich in love and mercy. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 50. The Lord God has given me a well-trained tongue that I may know how to speak to the weary a word that will rouse them. Morning after morning he opens my ear that I may hear, and I have not rebelled, have not turned back. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard, <clears throat> my face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. The Lord is my help, therefore I am not disgraced. I have set my face like a flint, knowing that I should not be put to shame. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah, 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 amen. <clears throat> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. <clears throat> holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Early in the morning will we praise Him and give Him thanks. A reading from Psalm 22. All who see me scoff at me. They mock me with parted lips. They wag their heads. He relied on the Lord. Let Him deliver Him. Let Him rescue Him if He loves Him. Indeed, many dogs surround me. A pack of evildoers close in upon me and have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They divide my garments among them. And for my vesture, they, call, they cast lots. But you, O Lord, be not far from me. All my help, hasten to aid me. I will proclaim your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise Him. All you descendants of Jacob, give glory to Him. Revere Him, all your descendants of Israel. Amen. Philippians 2, 6 and 11. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Christ Jesus thought He was in the form of God. Excuse me. Christ Jesus, though He was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God, something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness and found human in appearance. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bend, of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Yes, Christ became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Amen. Let's go ahead and end with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's go ahead and take communion for our enemies right here. Let us acknowledge them. Lord, we thank you for our enemies. We thank you for the work that they do. They push us to, to better ourselves through prayer, through enthusiasm and joy. We choose to rejoice over our enemies. We choose to re rejoice over their tactics. That whatever the devil meant for, for evil, God can turn it to good. If we thank him in the day of trouble, we call upon him and he answers them. God is the God of wrath. We get out of the way and we say, thank you, God, for the enemies and what they're doing. We thank you for their lives. We sprinkle the blood of Jesus on our enemies, on their souls, on their prosperity, and on their happiness, Lord God. Your will be done on our enemies, Lord. We just lift them to you. We pray for their souls. We intercede and take communion. Let's go ahead and take the bread of life of Jesus Christ in behalf of our enemies right now. Let's remember the, all the fighting in Ukraine and Russia. Lord, we take communion for all the people out there that are hurting, Lord God, that's going on. Lord, we pray, Lord God, for the enemy, Lord. We pray that for their souls, Lord, that we sprinkle the blood of Jesus on their souls. We sprinkle the blood of Jesus on their prosperity and their happiness, Lord God. Be restored, Lord God, according to your will and your glory. We thank you for our enemies. We pray for their souls. And we forgive them, Lord like you forgive them. We forgive them. Give them everlasting life, Lord. Give them everlasting life. Let's go ahead and take of the blood of Jesus Christ, Lord. We partake of the blood of Jesus on our behalf of them. Lord, that this is for their forgiveness of their sins, the remissions of sins, Lord. We thank you for our enemies. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks be to God. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance unto you and give you peace. Amen. Greet one another. Go in peace. Our Sunday Mass has ended. Thank you.
reading from the grapevine the next frontier the booklet a.a. grapevine emotional sobriety this one's called wait for the pitch let's go ahead and pray God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference it was the summer of 1999, and in order to cover the cost of the October wedding my finance and I had planned, I was working as a Mater D babysitting booze hounds in a fancy gin joint. The money was more than fair, but I hated the job. I was in my six-year sobriety. I knew all about the actor noted in the big book and his desire to control the elements of production. I was familiar with the key of willingness and I was aware of the nature of a determined and persistent trial. In my opinion, I had pinned the third step to the mat. Still, I suffered tremendous anxiety when I wondered how we were going to pay for our wedding. How could I stomach another night at that job and how we were going to manage after we got married? Deep in the throes of this apprehension, a friend whose well-placed in the corporate world, offered me four free tickets to an afternoon Yankees game. They were playing my favorite team, the Tigers, and the seats were right behind their dugout, behind third base. It was just the break I needed, and I gladly took the tickets, but consternation came on the heels of my acceptance. None of my buddies could take an afternoon to, to low at the ballpark with me. I was stuck with three great tickets, and I didn't know what to do with them. I resolved to turn them over to the one who has all power. I got down on my knees, and I said I would trust him to figure out what to do with those tickets. Riding the number five train to Yankee Stadium, I seized up my prospects. Nobody felt right. I continued to place my trust in a higher power. I encountered a man with two children, a boy and a girl at the box office. Three baseball fans, three tickets. I asked the dad if he wanted them. I couldn't accept the money, give freely what has been freely given, but I warned him and the kids that they'll be stuck with me for the afternoon. I promised to, to be on my best behavior and politely decline his beer offer. A soda I thought would be fine. I got what I came for. It was a tense contest in a late inning the Tigers put a man on first, and the next batter took off with the pitch. He lined the ball to right field, and the runner, who's gotten a terrific jump, was rounding second. The Yankees' right fielder came up with the ball cleanly, but he rushed his throw to third. It landed in the coach's box, kicked off the railing in front of us, and caromed just over our heads. A vicious scramble ensued. The little boy got showered with beer, but his dad emerged with the ball. He handed it to his son, soaked but happy, the proud new owner of a major league baseball. A Yankees beat writer let off his column the next day with a throwing error, the beer-drenched boy and the dad who retrieved the ball. Reading the reporter's account, I realized that God was the one who brought all that together. It spread out from him. Through me, a dad saved some money, a little boy won a souvenir, and a newspaper guy found a lead for his report because I had trusted that God would show me 
how to act in this simple situation. The Tigers, truly awful that year, beat the soon-to-be World Series champions, Yankees. Our wedding was a memorable, elegant event for which we received all the help we needed. I have retired from gin mill work forever, God willing. Today I face difficulties that make distasteful jobs and the distribution of free tickets pale in comparison. My greatest challenge are before me, but my experience with the third step, even in the smallest matters, gives me the courage to meet whatever lies ahead, 24 hours at a time. Pete P. from Manhattan, New York. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful story. Beautiful. We read this today in our park meeting. And the, uh, the sharings were as follows. One guy had been in the, in the war 20 years ago for four years. And he shared about his war experience. Another guy was in, uh, in Vietnam. He was recruited, talked about the, the problems when you come back and the hallucinations, the trauma. And another guy talked about baseball and, and so forth, and the meeting went on. And I talked about the time that I, my son came down from up Northern California, and uh, he said he was going to take the kids at the last minute, he told me, so... I ran down there, but I couldn't buy a ticket that would sit next to them. They were sitting at the Dodger Stadium uh, uh, at the uh, hot dog, all-you-can-eat hot dog section and so forth. So I thought, oh, well, maybe I can jump a fence and get over there with them. I'll, I'll see if I can buy a ticket with some scalpers here. And a couple of boys were walking around with an extra ticket, and the mom was there. And I thought to myself, I, Fernando, would do a good deed. I went ahead and go ahead and purchased the ticket, and, and they told me that I had to sit with them. And I said, fine. So the four of us went walking up, and I noticed, huh, what a combination. A mom, two sons, and an instant dad. We all happily went. The two kids skirted in there. The, the lady moved in, and I sat down, and and we started to talk, and I found out that she was familiar with AA, and I'm trying to pitch to her, and she goes, excuse me, I'm going to go get me a beer. All this talk about recovery got her thirsty, and she got up, and I moved out of the way, and she went to bring back this expensive beer, you know, that was probably as tall as one of those boys. And she sat down, drank that, and then she said, excuse me, i got to go to the bathroom. She went and came back with another beer. Meanwhile... The endings are passing, and the kids are yelling, screaming. They're throwing popcorn at the people down, down further down, and uh, making a lot of noise. The people are looking up at me. The mother's nowhere to be found, and I am stuck with these kids. I can't leave the... Uh, I'm watching them. So it all happened that... Uh, she came back after a while, she's nauseated, and she tells me, I got here on the bus because they gave me the tickets. Uh, the boys haven't been to a game in a long time, but she decided to get drunk. So on, on the way, I, I figured that there was no way that she would, in the nighttime, get, after the game was over, to get on the, on the bus 
And by the time they get home, those kids, that all that family would be extremely exhausted. And I was already exhausted. I don't remember the game. I don't remember who played. I never saw, I didn't see my son. I couldn't see it. Maybe we, uh, we waved at each other. He was down at some section below. Thousands of people and screaming. So finally, I told the, the family, I said, look, I'll give you a ride home. Mistake. Where do you live? Up in Lincoln Heights, somewhere in the hills, somewhere, boondocks. And before we get there, the, the lady wants a drink. I said, Lord, lady, I'm not stopping at no 7-Eleven to get you a, a, a booze. I'm taking you right home. And, well, you know, alcoholic, she, she ran and raged, threatened to get out the car, leave me with the voice. I said, okay, okay, hang on. We'll pull over. I go in there, buy her the quart of beer, come back, give it to her. And, I, and I'm praying. I said, God. Get me out of this. Now we have trouble finding where she lives. She's drunk. Finally, the boys helped me, and we're up in the hills somewhere. And finally, I'm thinking, how can anybody live out here? How did they get to the stadium in the first place? You know, to get all the way down there and get a bus. And I said, God bless you. And I told the lady, don't forget us. Don't forget this 12-step program. You don't have to live this way. There's many of us that we can do this sober. I don't remember if I said that, but I, I threw everything I could to her. I figured if she's drunk, it can go into her subconscious mind and lay there. But, uh, and that was my story of getting, buying me a ticket. Next time, I'll just go through the window and pay the high prices my son paid and take my chances there. Got my money's worth. Um, so with that, I just want to say thank you very much for listening today. Let's go ahead and, and close this up with the third step prayer, please. Since it was talking about the third step. Beautifully uh, entail the third step. That we have consistent problems. And we have the key to willingness. And we have God to help us with it. So here, let's pray. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. That was not the third step prayer, right? Let me try that again. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, of thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. Keep coming back. It's working. morning family welcome to today's podcast greetings wonderful that you're here i hope you're having a, a great day i find that you're in good spirits 
Fabulous things are happening. Remarkable things because we're pushing forward. Let's go ahead and start this day with a push forward into the spiritual realm. So we can get our fix for the day. Let's say the, uh, the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. I'm Fernando, your secretary. I'll be reading today God's promises for your every need. A.J. Gill, his famous little book. Very inexpensive. Find it in many places. It's taken out of the New King James Version. And when God says, My grace is sufficient for you, that's the only thing we have available for us. And how to tap into God's grace? Well, it's through uh, acknowledging God and saying, Yep. Acknowledging God in the morning, in the afternoon, every moment of the day uh, with gratitude. That streams in. Remember Benjamin Franklin's prayer? (laughs) That would stream in a whole river of continuous ideas, which was grace. Continuous power, which was grace. Continuous strength, satisfaction, and contentment, which was grace. Through what source? Through our willpower, for our willingness to move forward in gratitude and count on blessings. Count our blessings. Amen. That should be the norm. That was the norm from Adam and Eve before they fell. It was to uh, just be on the side of grateful. You know, just... All right. Let's go ahead and read some scripture. Uh, what to do when you feel angry. And it says, be angry. It's very interesting. I said, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. So you can be angry and, and not sin. That's an interesting scripture, huh? Be angry and do not sin. So like we talked about yesterday that uh, you can have a this is not right situation. But God, I thank you for this situation. I accept it. Now what are we going to do about it? That's not, see, that's acknowledging God and not sinning. The problem comes in is when we try to, I will not accept it. It's when it doesn't have to be right. And then we push and push and push. Yeah, we may be right, but we, but the application may be wrong. You know, things do happen. Things do fall apart. People do disappoint us. And we disappoint ourselves. All right, that was a tough one for me. So... Let's start over. Good day. Thank you for coming in today's podcast. I'll be reading a few scriptures that will bless you. <laughs> Let's go ahead and start the resume button. Let's start off with Proverbs 15.1. says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. 
Matthew 6.14 says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. In other words, if you allow others to rage and rant and love them, your reward for forgiving them or letting them vent would be that we're forgiven too. Proverbs 14.29 says, He who is slow to wrath has great understanding. But he who is impulsive exalts folly. Interesting that um, great understanding is a reward in itself. When we're slow to get angry, the reward is great understanding. And isn't that what we're all after? Isn't that why we're here? To learn, to seek new information, to put in our hopper so we'll have some spiritual uplifting throughout the day. Thank you for coming on here, wonderful people of God, wonderful people that are climbers, seekers, and achievers, and want better in life, and you know there's more, and there is more, and that's being in, in zinc with our Heavenly Father. Psalms 37 eight says, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. So a anger causes us to, uh, to, to be wrathful and vengeful. You know, it only causes fret. We know we're a spiritual person. Best thing is to acknowledge it. God, that really ticks me off. And I thank you for it. Now, how are we going to use this power to turn it into good. How are we going to take care of this situation? How are we going to get out of this? It's going to be interesting how you're going to get me out of this one. Cease from anger, forsake wrath. Talking to God in an intelligent way, uh, that he's right beside us. Paraclete, the Greek word for our compadre, compadre, amigo, or, uh, you know, adventure and then you get stronger words like advocate of you know supervisor if you will the Holy Spirit isn't that wonderful we have access to power from heaven we have access to stability kindness I mean that blows my mind you know stop to think that we have uh all of us have availability to go into the spiritual realm. And you would say to yourself, duh. Well, duh to you too. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe the Father is thrilled that I'm wondering, you know. You know, wondering about not trying to figure him out or figure things out, but to enjoy the day. I scream, I walk, beautiful sunsets, sunrise, beautiful uh, conversations, respect, <clears throat> fellowship with others, giving um, a genuine high five, I have doing a good job, well satisfied, well done, 
with the skillful God guiding our hands, godly skill. Those are all satisfactions well done. And this is what the, uh, the enemy, the defeated Satan who's under our feet, he's defeated. Jesus has defeated him. One of the things that we need to rejoice and be glad that the Lord said, Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the devil. <laughs> he is a defeated foe. He is under our feet. Yeah, it's it's a spiritual acknowledgement. And then we need to rejoice and acknowledge in the accomplishments that Jesus has done. You know, and we just ride on <clears throat> right on his shoulder and <clears throat> get him back of him. He is the warrior. He is the lead bull. And go at it, Jesus. Beat him up. He likes he likes a good fight. You go out there and and beat up the uh, the enemy. Ecclesiastes seven nine says, "Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosoms of fools." <laughs> That's really important because uh, Mark Twain said, "When you see two fools arguing with each other." You don't know which one's the one who started it. Do not hasten. Do not be quick in your spirit. Isn't that interesting that it's in our spirit to be angry? The anger comes from our spirit or soul. For anger rests in the bosom of fools. Okay, Romans 12, 19 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourself but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Isn't that interesting that we can move out of the way and say, Raph, come here. Get sick of wrath, for it is wrath, according to this scripture, it belongs to the Lord. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So get out of the way. So that's one of the reasons we... Uh, we thank God. Lord, this God is, is talking and causing havoc at work. God, I thank you. What are we going to do about it? Get out of the way. Rather give place to wrath. I've seen it take place. It works beautiful when you do it properly. And you see, wow, you see the power of God work. To, uh, to That you're a child of God. Carry you, protect you. You know, you're doing your best you can. Yep, we have faults too. <clears throat> but as long as we acknowledge them and thank God for them, our Father just uses them for good. You know, it speaks volumes to other people. <clears throat> Proverbs 25, 21 and 22 says, If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap coals of fire on his head and the Lord will reward you. Kind of interesting, my son was able to explain this verse to me. Um, and I always thought, read it this way. If your enemy is hungry, give him old bread and have pity on him. If he's thirsty, then uh, for you will heap a two by four on his head and the Lord will reward you. But it doesn't say that. It says, in other words, pray for your secretly, for your enemy that he would be healthy enough bread to eat 
that he will be prosperous or she, and that they will be happy. Three things for 15 days. But in your case, you probably have to do it for the whole month, you know. You should have a cleansing month, you know, like like make it February where we February is the month we pray for all our enemies, you know. And then we do a cleansing, not a, a pre-cleansing before spring cleaning. Uh, just praying for our enemies, praying for their health, praying for their prosperity, and praying for their happiness. Just write it in the calendar. Or we can, even this March is still early enough for us to start this month. I think we made that pack. I have it on my calendar that I was going to do that. And since this is my pack, it comes to me as we go along. And I think about it and I do pray for them. Because uh, I judge. And the way I judge, I be judged. So I judge them blessed. I judge them healthy. I judge them prosperous. I judge them happy. Ha! And amen. So what this scripture is saying, to make cookies for your enemy, put them on his doorstep, and the action will heal you. The action will heal me, and the Lord will reward me. If I get in my closet and pray for my enemies... If your enemy is hungry or if he's in need of um, love, usually those people can't accept God's love. They can't accept people's love, which represents God's love, um, which is bread to eat for the soul. And thirsty, Jesus receiving Jesus, you know. So you're praying that he eat the bread, the, the words of God, drink the, the water of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and then you will keep him out of the fire of, of Satan of hell, uh, out of out of him, and the Lord will reward you. In other words, we we are called for intercession that we're the only ones, or we we have a chance to get a reward for bringing that person into the kingdom of God. So let's go ahead and take a time to pray for all our for enemies for their salvation. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father God, for those people that are odd with us. And don't get along with us, Lord, that utterly just hate us, Lord, because we're followers of you. Lord, we ask you, Father, to make them a shining light to the people, that they will be touched by your power, by your glory, by your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we just dedicate all of them to you. Right now, we ask you for their salvation. We ask you for their that they, they will be saved. They'll be plucked from, the, from hell. And into heaven, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to save their souls. Jesus, we're asking you to bring them into your kingdom, Lord God. We are intercede for them, Lord. We intercede for them, Lord God. And we just start naming their names in their head, Lord. Lord, the kingdom of God will come upon them, Lord. And they say, yes, yes, yes. Bless them, Lord, in your kingdom with health and prosperity and happiness, Lord. Make it evident, Lord God, that you're working in their lives, Lord. We dedicate them to you right now, and we sprinkle them with the blood of Jesus Christ that they will be sealed in their hearts, their minds, and their souls, Lord God, that they will have nothing missing and nothing broken. They will be complete in the spirit realm for your glory and your honor. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen, amen. 
Hallelujah. How does it feel to do your due diligence that we acted properly as children of the Father, our God, the way Jesus will we would have us to do? Amen. Hebrews 10.30 says, For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. Wow, the Lord will judge us, and he will judge us righteous. Amen. Ephesians 4, 31, 32 says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Come on, guys. Put a rubber band around your wrist, and if you have bitterness, you thank God that you have bitterness and snap the rubber band. If you fall into wrath and get in the way of wrath, then snap that rubber band and say, Thank you, God. I, I'm sorry I got into wrath. Same thing for anger, clamor, or evil speaking. You're speaking bad about the person. Get over into the love side. Stop ranting like a little child. Be a, be a, a grown-up Christian human being. That People have devils in them, and they need help. And they're probably, their troublemaking is, uh, is I need help. I need help from you. They, they single us out. We, you know, the devils recognized Jesus. They said, I know you, son of God. You come to throw us into the pit of hell before a dark time. So if you read the scriptures, you'll stay in love. Switch over to stay in love. Bite your tongue. Put that rubber band. And remember, we're training to be in, uh, thankful for what Christ has done for us. Amen. Moving on, Matthew 5, 22 and 24 says, But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause will be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, Raka, should be in danger of the council. But whoever says, You fool, should be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remain, Remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. You know, your your reconciliation with your brother is a person that's born again already. You cannot actually... I tried um, going to a, a, a person that doesn't know Christ who's got something against me. The only thing he's got against me is because... Uh, uh, leadership or jealousy. Other guys told me the person is jealous. Um, but whatever it is, is basically that it, uh, the guy's not born again and he's and he's angry at, at Jesus. He's got a devil in him. <laughs> Jesus cast out devils one-third of the time in his ministry. And if you don't think uh, those are devils, that anger that's coming from other people... That's truly the real, real McCoy, folks. Uh, so it says, But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cost, now this is probably a Christian brother, it says brother, or else it would have said Gentile, without a cost shall be in danger of the judgment. Okay? 
In other words, we're, we're judging wrongly, so it's automatic judgment, okay? So send them blessings and forgive them. And whoever says, now you open your mouth and you say, because we, we are the on the uh, uh, similitude of God, with the we are like gods, Jesus said. And when we say raka, we're actually pronouncing uh, a, a sickness or something over the person. Then we will be in danger of the council. In other words, the council is looking at us and saying, Wayne are, you know, because they're gonna they're gonna pronounce a judgment on us because of, of the misuse of the power given to us. You know, we we ask for forgiveness, and and then as we forgive others, and the Lord forgave us. Now we're going right back to the mud, and start throwing sling at other sinners like we were. We shall be in danger of the council. Okay, so oh oh. And then, but whoever says, if you keep going and you call a person a fool, you shall be in danger of hellfire. Now, <laughs> we're losing our salvation, isn't that right? We lost it completely. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar. Isn't that interesting? It's probably because he's talking about a brother. It's kind of like if you're talking to Jesus himself and you're saying, you know, those words to Jesus. Can you imagine saying that kind of words to to a, uh, the Lord who's provided salvation for us? Because he's in every one of us. So that this scripture makes sense in that, in that realm. Uh, we would be in danger of how fire Woo. Christian brothers just love on them for their good points and forgive them for their bad points and because we all have bad points you're really forgiving yourself when you forgive others for their bad points amen is this too much for this morning I'm, I'm going to bless your income so don't don't go away <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna be rewarded for this. I, I'm telling you, and we'll be rewarded today. Remarkable things are gonna happen. Your pocketbook. We're gonna say glory, glory, glory to your pocketbook. Glory, glory to your finances. Glory, glory to your vehicles, to your household. Glory, glory to your family members. That they all will be blessed. Your mother and your fathers and your brothers and your sisters. They will all be blessed with salvation with health, prosperity, and happiness. You know, amen. Not like an Eastern uh, philosophy. This is, this is Bible. This is a, the word peace has all those uh, descriptions in it. You will be blessed properly in Jesus' name. Proverbs 14, 16, 17 says, A wise man fears and departs from evil, but a fool rages and is self-confident. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly, and a man of wicked intentions is hated. A man of wicked intentions is hated. Colossians 3.8 But now you yourself are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Amen. Well, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. 
the Lord lift up his counts and give you that peace that we all seek. And remember the scripture of Psalm 86, 7. In the day of your trouble, we will call upon the Lord, for he will answer us. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon the Lord, and he will answer me. Amen. Let's, let's pray. One more prayer. Hang in there, please. Here it is. The Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for coming on today's podcast. Give them heaven, folks. Have a great day. Good day. Welcome to today's reading of uh, various books. We're going to be touching on 365 days, about four of them. So let's go ahead and get started with the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Our first book for today is Just for Today, Daily Meditations for Recovering Addicts. March 3rd, Relapse. Addict could be a compulsive talker, compulsive, compulsive dreamer, a compulsive uh, remorse dreamer. <laughs> okay, there will be times, however, when we really like using or dreaming we want to run and we feel lousy we need to be reminded of where we came from and that it will be worse this time this is when we need the program if we're con contemplating a, a relapse we should think are using through to the bitter ends we should think the thoughts to our bitter ends for many of us those ends would include several medical problems, imprisonment, or even death. How many of us have known people who have relapsed after many years clean only to die from the disease? But there is a death that accompanies a return to an active addiction that may be worse than physical death. That is the spiritual death we experience when we are separated from our higher power. If we use the spiritual relationship, we'll have nurture over the years will weaken and perhaps disappear. We will feel truly alone. There is no doubt that we have periods of darkness in our recovery. There is only one way we can make it through those troubling times with faith. If we believe that a higher power is with us, then we know that all will be well. No matter how badly we may feel in our recovery, a relapse is never the answer. Together we find recovery if we stay clean, 
the darkness will lift and we will find a deeper connection to our higher power. Just for today, I thank my higher power for the gift of sobriety, awareness. Just for today, I know that relapse is not the way out. Whatever challenges I face, I will face them with the God of my understanding, page 64. Now, what a coincidence for me is uh, is the destruction of my imagination backwardly. Using my imagination to fix things, what could have been, should have been, uh, I constantly do that. That is what, probably one of my reasons I can't focus on the future, to put something together, to 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 enjoy life truly here. I believe the best experience that I have is envisioning something in the future and working towards it, and then the joy when I'm there. Focusing on the future instead of focusing on the past and trying to reconstruct the past. Real estate, businesses, uh, influences, orphanages, all these crazy things that I go back in my imagination and I, I think that's the way it should have been. So, thank you. I'm in the right place with the right people, headed the right direction. Today, another book comes along. It's called More Language of Letting Go. 366 New Daily Meditations from, you guessed it, Beatty. Lady's name is Beatty. February 3rd. Deal with panic and anxiety. I can still remember the day. It was shortly after my divorce. I was a single parent with no money and two young children. It came upon me suddenly out of the blue. I couldn't breathe. My chest hurt. My heart hurt. I couldn't stop it. I panicked. The more I panicked, the worse it got. I called 911. The ambulance came. They gave me some oxygen and then politely told me not to worry. It was just a panic attack. I had experienced another one of those attacks a long time ago. Right after I first married the children's father, I had shut myself down from anxiety I couldn't breathe, couldn't speak from the fear I felt. Many people experience panic and anxiety attacks. Maybe it's happening to you. Maybe you had only one or two incidents of it. Maybe panic and anxiety make regular occurrences in your life. Most people I met have experienced fear. These are a few little clues I learned that have helped me to deal with my own attacks. Breathe. Whenever we panic, our breathe comes in shallow, awkward spurts. By deliberately breathing slowly and calmly, we, we can slowly slow our panic down. We feel it by breathing fast. We put our bodies in hyper alert. If we breathe as though we're relaxed, our bodies will start slowing down. Don't respond to your panic with more fear. Sometimes we double what we're going through by having an emotional reaction to our initial reaction. We're afraid because we're feeling fear. Let yourself go through the original feeling without reacting to yourself. Instead of focusing on your fear, let yourself be aware that you're feeling it. But deliberately do something that calms you down. You won't want to do this. Your panic will want you to do something else. Something that 
feeds panic and makes it grow. Do something calmly and quiet, even though that activity doesn't feel right to you. It could be reading a meditation, listening to some quiet music, taking a shower, or saying a prayer. We all have things that help calm us down. Find something that works for you. Amen and amen. Beautiful, beautiful. And our next book is Courage to Change for March the 3rd. Courage to Change, one day at a time. A recent searching and fearless moral inventory of myself, step forward, gave me a clear message. Much of my behavior was extremely immature, but what is mature behavior? Obviously, the answer is different from each and every one of us. But exploring the question can help me to identify my goals and apply the Al-Anon program as I seek to change this behavior. To me, maturity includes knowing myself, asking for help when I need it, and acting on my own when I don't. Admitting when I'm wrong and making amends, accepting love from others and If I'm having a tough time loving myself, recognize that I always have choices and taking responsibility for the ones I make, seeing that life is a blessing, having an opinion without insisting that others share it, forgiving myself and others, recognizing my shortcomings and my strengths, having the courage to live one day at a time, acknowledging that my needs are my responsibility, caring for people without having to care of them, accepting that I'll never be finished. I'll always be a working progress. Amen. Boy, I'll always be a working promise. Ah, a working promise, working progress. That's good, huh? Accepting that we'll always be a working promise. We are a promise. You know, with a capital P. A possibility. Hope for today, our next book. My mother, who was stressed by trying to cope with my alcoholic father, often loudly accused me of being irresponsible. Many times she screamed at me, Why can't you be more responsible? Responsibility seemed like an unattainable goal because I thought I had to be responsible for everything and everyone. Then a fellow Elna member taught me a new way to define responsibility. Respond ability. The ability to respond. Ability to respond. This definition opened a completely new world for me. My ability to respond in early recovery was not very strong. But the program and the people in it taught me to honor what skills I did possess and could use. So my earliest expression of my respondability was to answer the call of recovery. The most I could do at that beginning was just show up at meetings. I was too afraid to share, so I let listen. So I let listening become another way I could respond. After A... A lot of showing up and listening, the teaching of the program began to sink in. 
Little by little, I grew to really acknowledge and respond to my pain, my needs, myself. To encourage my recovery, I took some risks. I shared, got a sponsor, and volunteered for a service. The longer I kept coming back, the more whole I became. To my Today, my respondability is not always the same. Sometimes I can respond more than at other times. One aspect of this new skill is realizing when I can't handle something alone and need help from my friends and from my higher power. Today's meeting, conference, approved literature, and my higher power help me discern the responses that are right and healthy for me. Thought for the day. Keeping the focus on me is a good way to start responding to myself. What is important in my life? What do I want? What do I need? Elotin, a day at a time. Page 13. Again, what is important in my life? Or you can ask your higher power, God, what is important in my life today? Lord, what do I want? Father, what do I need? Question mark. I think the focus is on waiting. Asking those three questions. What are, what's important in my life? Dad. And wait and then be ready to write the answer. What do I want? And what do I need? Our next reading for today is, the last one, is One Day at a Time in Elanon. It says, During the dreadful drinking days, the anxiety over what was happening in our family was certainly the most important thing in the world to us. How could it be otherwise? We were living with it, saddled with it. We knew there was a world outside where people lived in some degree of order and peace, but if we thought about it at all, it was only a passing pang of envy. We were swamped, drowned in troubles that left no room for thinking of anything else. In Elnon, we discover there is a way out of the most hopeless-seeming situation. We find friends to give us help and encouragement. We find opportunity to help others, and so slowly we climb out of the pit in which we thought we were buried. Today's reminder. When it suddenly dawns on us that Elnon has something we can use, we leap from hopelessness to hope and confidence. We give up despair. We catch a glimpse of hope, and then we know it is up to us to make it work in our lives. Let me realize that the Elnon program is not a magic potion that will instantly cure all my ills, but a pattern of living that will serve me to exactly the degree that I work at it. I'm Fernando, and I got hope by osmosis. It just creeped in my cup. I felt good. I started to smile and go forward. Have a great day, family. Give them heaven. Let's go ahead and pray with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It's working. Welcome, everybody, to today's podcast. I'm Fernando, your secretary. I am out in the grass, so there's going to be a lot of noise going back and forth. I'm actually, I got a hammock out here that I traded an old Italian bicycle that was be, pretty beat up for a hammock on offer up. And it's pretty good because I, I can get my vitamin D out here. I can get my meditation out of the way and plus talk to you. How about that? I already been out here for about an hour. I had my lunch. I went to an AA meeting this morning, 12-step morning. I, uh, there's a couple of guys there. One guy with uh, about 20 days sobriety or maybe a 30 days and another guy with 60 days. And that's our food for keep coming back. Now, if we can, uh, through my experiences and the other guys' experiences, what we want to do is we want to convey to them what our experience has been without paying attention to a daily reprieve in our spiritual condition. What has our experiences been for not following instructions? You know, the book of Proverbs says that we're going to be so sorry when we're, our, our bodies are full of diseases and we didn't pay attention to our elders that told us not to go that way. Not, the party scene is a very destructive scene. The sin will come and eat our lunch. You know that the, the true things in life were gratitude Humility, optimism, generosity, forgiveness, good intentions, and good expectations. You know, my expectations is that I may uh, ground myself. Easy does it like I'm doing now. If you haven't seen the documentary on grounding, uh, take a look at it because a lot of tension may be coming from your uh, anxiety. Your moving around is creating free radicals, your breathing. kind of nice to see the workers pass by with their machines and you're over here in your hammock uh, drinking iced tea and talking to your friends. I, I'm, uh, would you say I'm, I am financially free? I got it made. It's like my 95-year-old uh, ex-father-in-law, I went to see him about a Sunday ago and he tells me, Fernie, he calls me Fernie. I got it made. He goes, I got my house paid for. I got all, all these, you know, resources coming in. Man, I got a car in the, in the driveway brand new and it's paid for. He's 95 years old and he's got his...
His love is intact. His love... You know, I always try to figure out people, what makes a person uh, tick? And this guy, I, I think it's, it's the way his parents gave love. He was the first one of about 12 kids. Will you believe that? You know, in the 40s, and the 50s, 60s, there were big families. My mom came from a, a dozen. My dad came from a large family. And then my mom had five. And then I, I had three. And then my son had two and a half. No, I'm kidding. You know what I mean? But the guy has a lot of love. But the funny thing about it, he still has his, his mind and he has his uh, humor. He says, yeah, but my legs don't work. <laughs> my younger son is there helping him, taking care of him. So that, and I just saw that God is taking care of my son. God said, if you follow righteousness, even your children will be blessed. You know, it's been 30, 40 years I've been following the Lord. Uh, and I see that. My sons are, sons are not out there begging bread. They're not out causing misery. They're, uh, you know, they're out there uh, doing the best they can within the uh, regulations and parameters of this country. You know, uh, one, point, one thing stood out today that when we are in the constant hunt for new information, when we're curious for new information, and we have the Lord on our side, uh, then that's in a good place to be. That's the place where God can give us an enormous amount of uh, supplies and generosity and an enormous supply of good things because we won't lose our focus. Our focus will be the same if we had $600 billion, $500 million, you know, or we, our focus will be the same. So that, my friend, is amazing. Even if we had, let's say, go to the other spectrum, we didn't have you know, a job we didn't have, but if we focus on the Lord, we would be content today. And I've been in a place where I didn't have a job, I didn't have a place to live, I didn't have have all these things, and my focus was carrying that Bible in the back of my pocket. And I believe that's inception for us. That's the starting point. But we don't have to go to that to that extremes. We have a generous father who, uh, who paid the price for us. You know, we don't have to suffer with pain. We can suffer by reading. We can suffer by listening. We can suffer by praying for others. We can suffer by giving other people the benefit of the doubt and blessing them and praying for their salvation. That's not hard to do, folks, but that's still uh, a level of surrender. A level that raises you up in humility and keeps us good with God. It keeps us well balanced with our Creator. Those are a few thoughts I had for today. Some of the key points that happened today at the meeting were... Uh, these, these are the bullet points that I got from the meeting today, which I, I'm going over them so I can insert them in my heart a little, a little further. 
one of them, there was a guy in there that said, it was kind of funny. He said he, he went into an AA meeting and it was a woman's meeting. And he was sitting in there and he didn't know. He was waiting for other men to come into the meeting, sort of. And when it got full, finally it got full of women, and he noticed that there was no men there. And finally some said, we can't start this meeting until you leave, they told him. And, and he says, one lady, she said, come on, I'll, I'll, I'll walk you out. And she walked them and they sat outside. And he told her, she told him, you know, if, if, you're, if, if you think you're so high and mighty and tough, why don't you go home and make a list of all the things that you have control over? And he said he did that. He went over home to write down a list of all the things that he he was master of. He had control. Did he have control of his uh, health? Did he have control over his income? Did he have control over the taxes or the gas pump? Or what did he have control over? And then now that I'm talking about and listening about it, I think the only thing we have control over is our gratitude. I think that's the only thing I have control over. That's the only thing that pops to my mind. What do I have control over? I have control over my gratitude so I can have experienced the benefits of a kindness from a, from a, a loving kindness from a Heavenly Father. Makes sense to me. I, I'm not preaching, but it's the truth. It's my experience, folks. Another great thing that was saying is uh, that was said in the meeting was uh, that the greatest detriment that's been given to me in this life, one guy said that, he said, is my free will. With my free will, you know. It has been the worst uh, experience I have experienced. I almost died out there with my free will, he says. My, my free will, it, it's trying to talk me into uh, taking a drink. My free will is, is, is trying to tell me that the meetings or the gatherings are no good. My free will wants, wants you to worship me. So he... So he said, uh, in, in these rooms, my free will is influenced to choose correctly, to choose my father's higher power's free will. Another guy said that we don't have any control over, uh, again, over gas prices, $6 a gallon, uh, cable bills, taxes, and all that. To be optimistic is to see the glass halfway full, right? To be optimistic. And the guy, and he said, you gotta be honest. When you're discouraged and you're seeing the, the glass halfway empty, you gotta say it. That's being honest with yourself, right? Yeah, you can say it, but then you have to flip it. What's the solution, right? You can say it that the glass is halfway empty. We, we all have things that we we gotten ourselves into and we're wondering why. Now we got a, you know, car payment, you know, a job. We got ourselves into that and now we're stuck, we, you know. So we got to, we got to make the best of it because this life is not going to last forever. And there is rewards for 
being a father, being a mother, and hanging in there. There are rewards. There are eternal rewards. Do the best we can with what we have. Love the one you're with. Remember that song? What is the rallying point for us? That there's a power greater in ourselves. Amen. So that's about does it. I think I'm, I'm going over and over the thing. Remember, complete abandon is, you know, it's not about drinking. It's about emotional sobriety, being stable. And then another another thing that I came up with, which is really important, is I remembered, uh, you know, I'm the kind of guy that will pick up uh, trash and pennies and things out of the out of the street. I picked up three, four skunk, dead skunks out of the streets. I picked up, you know, squirrels, smashed up squirrels, you know, disposed of them, you know, um, uh, people's. Teenagers throw out their trash, you know, I pick it up and put it away. And, um, somebody will throw some oil, <coughs> some cans of oil on the side there, you know, and I'll get it out of there. Why do I do that? Because I did it once and then I'm paying back for my repentance. But one of the things that I read in the piece of paper that the piece of paper said on the floor that I picked up, it said, to make a list of the things I don't want to do. <laughs> make a list of the things I don't want to do. And then in our reading on page 552 of the AA Big Book, it says to ask God for the want to. So it makes a lot of sense. Huh? Make a, a simple list. Now I, gotta, I don't want to do the rug. I don't want to clean my patio. I don't want to clean my garage. I don't want to wash my truck. I don't want to vacuum my truck. I don't want to clean out my truck. <coughs> you know, in the back of my mind, I do want to, but it, it, I don't. I don't want enough to do it, right? So the next step is to make the list, race it to heaven, and then ask God sincerely for the want to, and then make a list of the things either starting with the easier one or starting with the hardest one make a list i would start with the hardest one and don't move till you finish the hardest one okay just the problem is focus what's coming to me so i i make a list of the things i don't want to do and then i pray to god to give me the want to do of the things i don't want to do And then I pray the prayer Jabez. Ready? Let's act like we have our list in our hands of all the things we don't want to do. And then we, we say, God, oh, that you would bless, bless me with my list, that you would grant me the want to and the power to do this list, that your hand of want to will rest upon me, that you will keep me from evil, that it may not harm me, and that God would help me in my one-two list. Amen. In Jesus' name. All right, folks. God bless you. Have a good time. Give them heaven. I hope you're still tracking with me. God bless you.
Good morning, everyone. God bless you. Thank you for coming to today's podcast. Um, Fernando, your secretary. Let's go ahead and open this meeting today, uh, March the 8th, with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. That's a good positive uh, prayer to start the day off. Another one is uh, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Let's go ahead and do that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For the Lord is right beside me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. The Lord has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The Lord has anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy and loving kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Hi, family. Welcome. I was, uh, I read a quote today. It says, if you tell your friends what's going on with yourself, uh, you're being honest with yourself. Um, you know, and the honesty is, I was Sunday night, I helped someone move uh, some furniture from the storage, and there was these, and I should have put on a mask. Anyway, that Sunday night, I started feeling uh, uh, wheezy and un no energy. Then I, I threw up and I had fever uh, uh, and the cold chills and the aches. Uh, but the breathing was okay. I tested myself in the morning through the, I was COVID free. Thank you, God. Um, and I got better the next day. Uh, yes, last night I got a little bit of fever um, and still achy, a little bit of headaches. Today I feel fine. Now I'm wondering if I can go ahead and go go carry on my day or still rest for another day. I don't know how many times I have I have gotten up and started moving again only to have the symptoms come back. Especially when you own a motorcycle, you know, it's a beautiful day. I don't own a motorcycle today, but I remember those days. All right, well, moving along, today's reading it comes to us from Keeping It Simple, a little book from Hazleton. Please get a copy. It's for March 8th. It's quoting Bill W., who is one of the top 100 people in the last 100, 100 years, this past century, who made a difference in the United States. He's listed, I think, number 38 or 39. Bill W. started the 12-step program. And there's about 60 programs that are spin-offs out of this this program, which is basically what I said in the in the beginning was thanking God, being honest, your best friend, how you feel. Isn't that something? 
that we can have a God that we can be honest with. God, I don't feel good today. Am I burning myself out? All right, let's move along. See, I feel good when I say that honestly to God. King David had the habit of just screaming and yelling and and doing tantrums, really. (laughs) Tantrums with God. Look at my enemies. They're eating my life to destroy. They're talking about me. You know, they're, they're just acting like they're okay. And they go and they get new information and they gossip about me. Nothing has changed, right? We all face the same troubles. So how did a king handle it? How did King King David handle it? Well, probably the same way you're handling it now. Thanking God, forgiving them, moving ahead. But I think we as, as Christians need to uh, rant in rage and, and take it to God and honestly where we're at. And then, you know, and if it's our fault, we'll thank them and praise them that we can't get it right. Okay, I admit it. You know, I've been lazy in that area. I accept it. Now what are we going to do about it, God? What are you and I are going to do about the problem? We're a team now. <laughs> Amen. Sounds good to me, folks. I'll put that on my tea and drink it this morning. God bless you. Okay, March 8th. The Meditation for today says, We lose the fear of making decisions, great and small, as we realize that should our choice prove wrong, we can, if we will, learn from the experience. Wow. Did you get that? Of course you got it. As we realize that should our choice prove wrong, we can, if we will, learn from the experience. Bill W., you know, in page 124 of the AA Big Book, there's a quote about the manufacturer uh, that Ford, Henry Ford, he said that the most valuable thing in life is experience when one is willing to use it for the well-being of others. And certainly we want to experience how to set ourselves properly and bounce back from burnout, from disappointments, and learn from them so we can be of better service to others to, or to be a happy, joyous, and free that we have a creator that's taking uh, care of us, taking care of billions of people. It says right here, as our disease grew, we often felt like any decision we made was wrong. We felt like wrong people. We lost self-respect because deep inside we knew that for us, using alcohol and other drugs was wrong. We went against our spirit. Now, we go, or complaining is wrong, or binging, or any other malfunction. Now, we go with our spirit. We follow what we think our higher power wants for us. Now, we learn from our mistakes. Another wonderful gift has been giving back to us, the gift of learning. From this gift, we stop playing God, how free it feels. Did you hear that? I am an eternal student. I'm always learning. Beautifully said. With this gift, we stop playing God. How free it feels. How good that feels. Amen. We pray for the day. Higher power, you have taken away my illness and replaced it with many wonderful gifts. I thank you for everything, even my mistakes. Wow. Action for the day. Today, I'll share with a friend my mistakes of the past week.
Amen. All right, I want to thank you, everyone, for coming in today. May God bless you, restore you, and make you well. Thank you that you are a student with me as we go forward searching and searching and searching. Let's go ahead and pray. Uh, the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept things I cannot change. Courage to change the, grant me courage to change the things I can and grant me wisdom to know the difference. Amen. May the, God bless you, family. Thank you for coming on today's podcast. See you tomorrow. We pray in God's will. Amen. Greetings, reading of the Amplified Bible for Proverbs chapter 12. Whoever loves instruction and correction loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is like a brute beast, stupid and indiscriminating. Whoever loves instruction and correction loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is like a brute beast, stupid and indiscriminating. A good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of wicked devices he condemns. A man should not be established by wickedness, but the root of the uncompromisingly righteous shall never be moved. A virtuous and worthy wife, earnest and strong in character, is a crowning joy to her husband. But she who makes him ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. The thoughts and purposes of the consistently righteous are honest and reliable. But the counsel and design of the wicked are treasures. The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the moth of the upright shall deliver them, and the innocent ones does endangered. The wicked are overthrown and are not, but the house of the uncompromising righteous shall stand. A man shall be commended according to his wisdom, godly wisdom, which is comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, but he who is of a perverse heart shall be despised. Better is he who is slightly esteemed but works for his own support than he who assumes honor for himself and lacks bread. A consistently righteous man regards the life of his beast, but even the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. He who tills his land shall be satisfied with bread, 
But he who follows worth, worthless pursuits is lacking in sense and is without understanding. The wicked desire the booty of evil men, but the root of the uncompromisingly righteous yields rich fruitage. The wicked is dangerously snared by the transgressions of his lips, but the uncompromisingly righteous shall come out of trouble. From the fruit of his words a man shall be satisfied with good, and the work of a man's hand shall come back to him as a harvest. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he who listens to counsel is wise. A fool's wrath is quickly and openly known, but a prudent man ignores an insult. He who breathes out truth shows for righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with God, but a false witness utters deceit. There are those who speak rashly like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is credited but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but for the counselors of peace there is joy. No actual evil, misfortune, or calamity shall come upon the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil, misfortune, and calamity. Lying lips, lying lips are extremely disgusting and hateful to the Lord, but they who deal faithfully are His delight. A prudent man is reluctant to display his knowledge, but the heart of a self-confident fool proclaims their folly. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the slothful will be put to forced labor. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but an encouraging word makes it glad. The consistently righteous man is a guide to his neighbor. But the way of the wicked causes others to go astray. The slothful man does not catch his game or roast it. Once he kills it, but the diligent man gets precious possessions. Life is, is in the way of righteousness, moral and spiritual rectitude, in every area and relation. And it is the pathway there... There is no death but immortality, perpetual eternal. Amen. Let's go ahead and read uh, chapter 11 since I skipped it. Amazing, this amazing reading from the uh, Amplified Bible. Chapter 11. A false balance and unrighteous dealings are extremely offensive and shamefully sinful to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Verse 2, When swelling and pride come, then emptiness and shame come also. 
But with the humble, those who are lowly, who have been pruned or chiseled by trial and renounced self, are skillful in godly wisdom and soundness. The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the willful contraries and crookedness of the treasure shall destroy them. Riches provide no security in any day of wrath and judgment, but righteousness, upright and right standing with God, delivers from death. Verse 5, The righteousness of the blameless shall rectify and make plain their way and keep it straight, but the wicked shall fall by their own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright, their rectitude in every area and relation, shall deliver them, but the treasures shall be taken in their own iniquity and greedy desire. When the wicked man dies, his hope for the future perishes, and the expectation of the godly comes to nothing. Verse 8. The uncompromisingly righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked gets into it instead. Verse 9. With his mouth the godless man destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge and superior discernment shall the righteous be delivered. Verse 10. When it goes well with the uncompromisingly righteous, the city rejoices. But when the wicked perish, they are shouts of joy. Verse 12, 11. By the blessing of the influence of the upright and God's favor because of them, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. Verse 12. He who belittles and despises his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding keeps silent. He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secret, but he who is trustworthy and painful in spirit keeps the matter hidden. Where no wise guidance is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. He who becomes security for an outsider shall smart for it, but he who hates surety is secure from its penalties. A gracious and good man wins honor for her. A gracious and good woman wins honor for her husband, and violent men riches. But a woman who hates righteousness is a throne of dishonor to him. A gracious and good woman wins honor for her husband. That's verse 16. And violent men win riches. But a woman who hates righteousness is a throne of dishonor for him. 
The merciful, kind, and generous man benefits himself, for his deeds return to bless him. But he who is cruel and callous to the wants of others brings on himself retribution. The wicked man earns deceitful wages, but he who sows righteousness, moral and spiritual rectitude in every area of relation shall have a sure reward, permanent and satisfying. He who is steadfast in righteousness, uprightness and right standing with God attains of to life, but he who pursues evil does it to his own death. They who are willing, contrary, in heart are extremely disgusting and shameful vile in the eyes of the Lord. But as much as the blameless and wholeheartedly in their ways is his delight. That was verse 20. But they who are willfully contrary in heart are extremely disgusting and shameful and vile in the eyes of the Lord. But such as are blameless and wholehearted in their ways are his delight. Assuredly, I pledge it, the wicked shall not go unpunished, but the multitude of the uncompromisingly righteous shall be delivered. As a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman who is without discretion. The desire of the consistently righteous brings only good, but the expectation of the wicked brings wrath. One person gives freely, yet gains every moment. Another withholds unruly, but comes to poverty. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. Verse 25, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. People curse the one who hoards grain, but they praise God's blessings on the one who is willing to sell it. Whoever seeks good finds favor, but evil comes to one who searches for it. Amen. He who diligently seeks good seeks God's favor, but he who searches after evil, it shall come upon him. He who leans on, trusts in, and is confident in his riches shall fall. But the uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like a green bow. He who troubles his own house shall inherit the wind, and the foolish shall be servant of the wise of heart. The fruit of the uncompromisingly righteous is the tree of life, and he who is wise captures human lives for God as a fisherman. He gathers and rejoices them, receives them for eternity. Behold, the uncompromising righteous shall be recompensed on earth, how much more the wicked and the sinner. 
And if the righteous are barely saved, what will become of the ungodly and wicked? Okay, let's go ahead and do chapter 10. We are on a roll. The Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish and self-confident son is the grief of his mother. Treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness, moral, and spiritual rectitude in every area and relationship delivers from death. The Lord will not allow the unconfident righteous to famish, but he thwarts the desires of the wicked. He becomes poor who works with a slack and idle hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. Blessing. He who gathers in summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. Blessings are upon the head of the uncompromising righteous, the upright and right standing with God, but the mouth of the wicked conceals service. But the mouth of the wicked conceal violence. The memory of the uncompromising righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked shall rot. The wise in heart shall accept and obey commandments, but the foolish of lips shall be headlong. He who walks uprightly walks securely, but he who takes a crooked way shall be found out and punished. He who winks with the eye craftily and with malice Causes sorrow. Causes sorrow. The foolish of lips will fall headlong, but the wicked. He who winks with the eye craftily and with malice causes sorrow. The foolish of lips shall be headlong, but he who boldly reproves makes peace. Hi, boy. Hi, chiquita. Hi, chiquita. The mouth of the uncovered righteous man is a well of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up contentions, but love covers all transgressions. On the lips of him who has discernment, skillful and godly wisdom is found, but discipline on the rod for the back of him who is without sense and understanding. A wise man stores up knowledge in mind and heart, but the mouth of the foolish is a present destruction. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The poverty of the poor is their ruin. The earnings of the righteous, the upright and right standing with God, lead to life, but the profit of the wicked leads to further sin. He who heeds instruction and correction, not only himself in the way of life, but also in a way of life for others. And he who neglects or refuses reproof, not only himself goes astray, but also causes to err in the path 
towards ruin for others. He who hides hatred is a lying lip, but he who utters slander is a self-confident fool. In a multitude of words, transgression is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is prudent. The tongue of, the, of those who are upright and right standing with God are a choice silver. The minds of, the, of those who are wicked and out of harmony with God are a, of little value. The lips of the uncompromising righteous feed and guide many, but fools die for want of understanding and heart. The blessings of the Lord it makes truly rich, and he has no sorrow with it, neither does it toiling increases it. Again, that's verse 22. The blessings of the Lord it makes truly rich, and he has no sorrow with it, neither does toiling increase it. It is a sport to a self-confident fool to do wickedness. But to have skillful and godly wisdom is pleasure and relaxation to a man of understanding. Again, verse 23. It is a sport for a self-confident fool to do wickedness. But to have skillful and godly wisdom is pleasure and relaxation to a man of understanding. The thing... A wicked man fears shall come upon him, but the desire of the uncompromisingly righteous shall be granted. When the whirlwind passes, the wicked are no more, but the uncompromisingly righteous have an everlasting foundation. As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is the slugger to those who employ and send him. The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord prolongs one's day, but the years of the wicked shall be made short. The hope of the uncompromising righteous, the expectation of the wicked, excuse me, verse 28. The hope of the uncompromisingly righteous, the upright and right standing with God is gladness. But the expectation of the wicked, those who are out of harmony with God, comes to nothing. The way of the Lord is strength and a stronghold to the upright, but it is destruction to the workers of iniquity. The consistently righteous shall never be removed, but the wicked shall not inhabit the earth eventually. The mouth of the righteous, those harmonious with God, bring forth skillful and godly wisdom. But the perverse tongue shall be cut down like a barren and rotten tree. The lips of the uncompromisingly righteous know and therefore utter what is acceptable. But the mouth of the wicked knows and therefore speak only what is obstinately, willfully, and contrary. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening in today's podcast. God bless you.